0: Well, with that being said, we're going to jump into our message series we've been in. Uh, It's titled This Life. And again, if you're new, my name is Jack Gonzalez. and the lead pastor here. Welcome. Um, But it's titled This Life and Micah chapter 6 verse 8. It is our central passage for our message series. This is what it says right here. As he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Again, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. See, in this life, we're going to receive so much. If you choose to walk with Jesus, you're going to have his comfort, his blessing, his strength, his provision, his healing in your life. There's so many benefits. and in all, He says, listen, this is what I require of you. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's take a moment to pray And we are going to jump into the Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. God, would you minister to us today, minister to our souls. You woke us up today, God, and we're grateful for another day. But God, we came to hear a word from you. So, Father, we thank you. Would you illuminate the Scriptures and would you minister to us? Receive all the honor and all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Uh, to get started and really just to kind of get us thinking around uh, this topic, uh, let, me, let me ask you this question: Have you ever been on a walk? Of course you have, right? We've all been on a walk. Maybe you're about to have one coming soon because of Thanksgiving. You're gonna eat a whole lot and you're gonna feel like, man, I gotta go for a walk. Anybody? Right? Right? We we go for different. We go on walks. We enjoy ourselves. Maybe it's because of exercise or some of those things there. But what I want to say is this who you go on a walk with and the conversation that you have can affect things going forward and maybe even your perspective who you walk with matters I remember when I was 18 years old and I was um, I was meeting up with a friend and uh, you know he was getting ready to go off to the military and I was getting ready to go off to college and we were just kind of talking about life, and, and the next thing you know, we, we, we decided, we, we parked our cars, and we walked. And I, and I kid you not, we walked almost the whole day. My feet and legs hurt for about three days afterwards. And we found ourselves just talking and talking, and then we prayed, and, and we were talking about futures, and we, we were, we were it was going so much past this superficial, and we said, you know, no matter where life takes us, let's remain brothers. Let's remain in this friendship, this relationship, and we still have a friendship and relationship to this day. And I began to think a lot about relationships and walking, relationships and walking, and thinking about our relationship with the Lord and the way that the Bible describes it as a walk. You see, the Bible says a whole lot about that, but why does it say that? In Proverbs chapter three and verses five through six, it says this: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll what? He'll make your path straight. See, your path might be over here or over here. It might be all this place. But when you trust in the Lord, he'll straighten it out. He'll straighten out that walk. He'll, he'll set you on a steady path. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33, it says this. Stay on the path. Stay on the path that the Lord has commanded you to follow. Right, he'll straighten it out and then he says, stay on it. Then you'll live long and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. In Psalm 119 in verse 105, it says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, he'll straighten it out. He asks you to stay on it. And then he gives you the word of God so that you can make sure that you are staying on it. Yeah. Hey, well, no, I'm like over here. No, no, no. it brings me back. Or no, no, I'm coming over here. No, no, no. It, it brings me right back into focus. That's what the word of God does. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9, it says this. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. It says this. Noah walked with God. He walked with him. He enjoyed a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Noah walked with God. The Bible says that he's righteous. In Amos chapter 3 and in verse 3 it says this. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? God's agreed to meet with you. God has agreed to walk with you. Is it in your heart to walk with him? He says, this is what I require of you. Will you walk with him? Or will you take the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding and say, listen, God, I'm going to try to figure this out on my own. God, or I'm going to walk with you. But God, you walk over there. You stay over there. God, I'm going to be over here. God, you stay at a distance, God, because I'm I'm gonna try and do this. Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you know. But I I just gonna I want to try some things. I'm gonna like, I, w- I wanna see what this is like, or I want to see that this is like, and I'm and, and my walk is kind of like this, and it's it's not where God's made my path straight. Oh, I'm staying on the path. Oh, I have the Word of God to to light to make sure I don't fall off, or I I have these things. Am I walking on the path? He says he's agreed to walk with you. He's agreed to meet with you. He's agreed to do this life with you. He's agreed to be in a relationship with you. How you walk is going to determine the success of your life. It's going to determine how you handle trials. And guess what? Life's got an uppercut. How will you handle the trials? It's also going to determine how close you get to him. Do we want to know God at a distance? Or do we want to know him intimately? In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, God says, that "He that listen, he requires, that he wants us to walk humbly with him. See, today we're going to dive into a passage where Jesus is, is sharing this parable. And it's, the, the scripture isn't entirely clear on who the audience is. Most likely he's speaking to Pharisees. But one thing that is important for us to understand is that the truth is he's talking to every single one of us. He's talking to us. And so in Luke chapter 18, this is what it says here. Verses 9 through 14. This is he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. They treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. See, this parable shows the contrast of the human heart. It shows this Pharisee and his self-righteousness and, 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 and this tax collector and his humility recognizes where he stands. You see, the Pharisee was the religious leader of the time. He knew the scriptures. Right? He, he knew the word of God there at that time. This tax collector would have been considered the lowest of the lowest of sinners. Looked down upon by his own people. He collected taxes for the Roman government and therefore became wealthy himself. And he beats his breast. Won't look up to heaven but says, God, would you have mercy on me? Jesus is showing us contrast not of careers but of hearts. And he's speaking to us. He's speaking to believers. He's speaking to the church. And his desire is that we would walk humbly with him. So how can I walk humbly with God? How can I walk humbly with God? Well, the first thing that I want to share with you today is that we have to be aware that pride can creep into our relationship with God. We have to be aware that pride can creep into our relationship with God. Now, do you know what it means to creep? You guys know? Huh? You guys got it over here? Hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm a creep, right? Uh, uh, pride has the potential to creep into our relationship. It's, it's looking for that opportunity. It's looking to what we'll say. It's looking to how we respond, how we handle the situation, to what we do, what we say, what we think. It's looking for that opportunity. You ever play jump rope? Jump rope? and You just kind of waiting you know, jump in, and you just, right? You're going to jump in. It's looking for that opportunity, especially, specifically in your relationship with God. The Apostle Paul, one of the writers of the New Testament, he says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. He deceives himself. Why would he say that? Why is Paul writing this to the church? Why is Paul saying that? Because we've been dealing with the same problem for a long time. Because this five-letter word gets us in so much trouble every single time. It gets us going. It hurts things. It hinders. It messes us up. It gets us confused. It puts us in positions. "I I didn't even know how I got there. How did I get there? I want you to look at how the Pharisee prayed in verses 11 and 12. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. God, I, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. There's nothing wrong with what he's telling God that he does. Nothing wrong. It's how he's saying it. It's how he's communicating. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with fasting twice a week. I encourage you, Fast. There's nothing wrong with giving a tithe. You're supposed to. But if you look deeper into this, what we see is that pride's creeped into his heart. It's affected his relationship with God. Now, I want to look here at verse 11. I want you to pay attention. Don't go, go back to where you were. In verse 11, it says this. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed, thus, God, thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. You see what pride will do? It'll put you in position to compare yourself with others. Coming before, the, coming before God. God, thank you that I am not messed up like them. right? And, and that's here. what you, you need to watch out for. See, what this Pharisee doesn't understand is that he's already put himself in position. Listen, there may be some things that we can hide from others, but you can't hide those from God. And he's dealing with this pride issue. In Proverbs chapter 16 and in verse 18 it says this. Pride goes before what? Destruction, right? A haughty spirit before a fall. And God's desire, what he's saying I require requires you is, is to walk humbly. See, it can feel good in the moment. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. I'm on top of the world. And next thing you know, right around the corner is destruction. Right around the corner is the fall. The Pharisee doesn't even understand that he's already fallen. He's already in this position. He doesn't even see it around. But pride will put you in position with destruction around the corner. It'll mess us up. It'll hurt us again. It'll hinder us. Relationships around us. But this relationship with the Lord. Your relationship with God should be the best thing in your life. The best thing in your life. Your most prized possession your most protected relationship. It should mean the world to you because you have, by the grace, by the mercy, and by the forgiveness of God, the opportunity, access to our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. We have that available to us. It's a special thing. And I want you to see that how, how pride wants to ruin that. Because pride wants to put us in position to where, you know, I'll go to God when I need God. I'll go to him. If it just comes down to that, I'll go to him. Or God's like our genie. And if I need some, I just rub the lamp. And God, would you bless? Would you bless? Would you bless? And it puts us in position to even prayer prayers like, well, God, not your will, but my will be done. And there's certain things where we feel like we know what's best. We know what we want. We know what we need. God, these are the reasons that we need it. And when we don't get it, we complain. We're upset. We're bothered. God, why didn't you do it? Why didn't it come out the way that I wanted to do it? And we forget and we we fail to understand that he knows what's best. Brothers and sisters, he knows exactly what you can handle. There's nobody who desires better for you than than him. There's nobody that loves you more than him. And we forget this. We forget that it's not Burger King. Come on, somebody. Come on. Do you want to walk humbly with God? Watch out for pride creeping in. And the second thing, the second thing that I want to share with you is it's is so important that we identify the roles in the relationship. We identify the roles in the relationship. And yes, I'm talking about your relationship with God. You, he has a role and you have a role. And, uh, you know, you have different roles with different people in different relationships, but God has this role. You know, throughout Scripture, we see the roles between a husband and a wife in a marriage, right? W- why is that in there? To help you have the best marriage that you can have that honors God. In the Scriptures, we also see the roles laid out between a relationship between God and you. Why? So that you can have the best relationship with God. In a psalm David wrote, in Psalms 103 in verses 1 through 5, it says this. Praise who? The Lord. the Lord. Right. Your praise should go to the Lord. My soul, my inmost being, praise his what? Right. His name is holy. Do not ever forget that. It says this. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all his benefits. And then I want you to see out in beginning in verse 3, the roles here in the relationship. It says this. Who forgives all your sins. Is there any relationship in your life who can forgive your sins? Is there any relationship in this world who can forgive your sins? There's one. There's one. Then then it says this, and heals all your diseases. He heals you and he forgives you. And then it says this, who redeems your life from the pit. Who else in this world can redeem your life from the pit? who can redeem your life from the pit from the gutter from the ugliness from a life that's so far away from god who else can do that there's there's one there's one and crowns you with love and compassion as you mature and develop and seek him with love and compassion who the, who then who also satisfies your desires, there is nobody who satisfies like God. You can try everything. You can try every relationship, every drug, every, uh, any type of thing, any high in this world. And there's no one who satisfies like God. He satisfies your da- desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In the relationship between him and you, this is who he is. This is who he is, and he's worthy of all praise. Now, can God be my friend? Absolutely. As long as you don't forget these other areas. He's Father. He's Savior. He's Counselor. He's Healer. He's Provider, and so on and so on. God wears multiple hats in the relationship, but so do you. So do you. You see, you and I, we are his creation. You're his child. You're his servant. In Psalms 139 and verse 13, it says this, For you created me. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We're his creation. There's no accidents. You're not a mistake. Well, my life has ended up this way. I never uh, could imagine. I wouldn't wish this upon anybody, but there's no mistakes. He's known you, and he knows you. He loves you, and he's for you. We are his creation. He he developed you. You are his masterpiece. In John chapter 1 and in verse 12, it says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. But to all who did receive him. See, you move from child, you, you move from creation to child of God. Not, not just who he created, but his child. When you welcomed him into your life, you become this child. A child means there's, and, and you, he's your father. See, the Bible tells us to honor our father and our mother. Now that's speaking to our earthly parents, but how much more so our heavenly father. A father who loves you. A father who knows you. A father who believes in you. A father who wants to spend time with you. A father who cares for you. A father who wants the absolutely very best for you. We are his Children were his children. In John chapter 12 and verse 26, it says this. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him or his servants. And this comes from a place of great honor. To serve the Lord. To serve him in our relationship with God we are creation we are child and we are servant and he loves us dearly and he has went to great lengths to make this relationship a possibility to make it something that's available for us he's done so much in sending the son jesus and working it all out so that we can have this let me ask you this have you ever been dancing some of you maybe that's not your thing My wife and I, eh, it's not really our thing, but we've done it a couple times. We danced at our wedding. And sometimes when we're doing Zumba at home, you know, just together. (laughs) But we're dancing. We kind of do like this. And, you know, we're kind of coming like this. And I'll turn her around. And, uh, you know, we just have some fun. You know, what I've learned about dancing and learned about this relationship with God is that you both can't lead at the same time. It, It doesn't work that way. If you will allow God to lead you, that's when you find his blessing. It's when we're so busy trying to lead and say, well, God, I got my reasons and God, this is how it should be that that gets us in trouble. It, It doesn't work the same way. It doesn't work the way God designed it. God, what we forget about him is a designer. He's a creator, right? A creator takes nothing and makes it into something. That's who He is. And He designed your relationship with Him to work a certain way. And so when you allow Him to lead, everything works out for you. Because there is nobody who wants better for you than Him. Sometimes we lose sight of that. We we forget that. See, in order to walk with God, you have to be comfortable with Him leading. That's the only way it works. That's humility. You See, Jesus is telling this parable, and he describes the tax collector this way. In verse 13, it says this, But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Can you imagine that with me for a moment? Here he is, and the way Jesus describes him, is that he won't even lift his eyes to heaven. He just beats his breast. God, have mercy on me. There's one thing that he is absolutely clear on. He's clear on who God is and who he is. He's clear on why he needs God. Why does he need God? He recognizes that mercy, grace, forgiveness, love, this relationship comes only in Him. There's nothing else you can do in this world that'll satisfy in this way. But when Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, He's not talking to unbelievers, He's not talking to people that are there yet. He's talking to the church. Jesus in this parable, He's talking to the church. wants us to understand something that is so beautiful, something so specific to walk humbly with God you can try and walk out this life but miss the part about humility to walk with God humbly to allow Him to lead allow Him to do it His way for His reason and His time you see when I first gave my life to the Lord it was such a beautiful thing but I dealt with a pride issue I dealt with pride. Pride was the thing for me. And I remember one of my mentors teaching me that one of the best ways to come before the Lord was to come before the Lord on my face. And you, you ever see kind of like the praying emoji hands or the sticker on the back of the car? You know, get on your knees. If, if you don't pray this way, you should, it, it's a good idea. Do it. I encourage you. There's something that in, in reverence that happens in humility as you express yourself that way. But as I was working out my pride issues, there's something that my mentor shared with me that for me would be good to get on my face. And so I do that. like this. And I pray and I seek the Lord just like this. You see, in this position, there's no question about who is who. I need him. In this position, his name is holy. In this position, he gets all my praise. In this position, all pride is checked. I'm his. I I pray like that Every single day. There may be only a few times a year that I I don't pray on my face. And I invite you into my relationship with God not to boast. But to show you what has transformed my life. Pride will ruin what should be the most beautiful relationship in your life. What should be your most prized possession. What should be your most protected relationship pride to ruin it. God says, listen, I, I'm going to do all these things in your life. I, I, I'm going to bless you. You, you, you. you welcome me into your life. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to make your path straight. I'm going to give you the word so that you stay on that path. All these things. And then I require this of you. To act justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. To walk in that position where he we have great reverence for who he is. Proverbs 1 7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. That I, that I would have this reverence because he is worthy of all praise. Here's my challenge for you. We're going to pray. <clears throat> Get alone with God. Make some time, put it on your calendar. <clears throat> Ask him to reveal any pride and declare who he is and who you are in the relationship. Simply do that. That's the challenge. Look for the opportunity. There's so many things in our week that get passed by, isn't that the truth? There's so many things we intend to do, and they just don't happen. Don't let this be one of those things. Find a way, make a way, make it a priority. Get along with God. Ask Him, God, would you reveal? God, if there's something that maybe I'm not seeing, is there something in my heart? God, is there an area of pride? Would you show me? Because God... I want you to be first in my life, and I don't want pride. I want to come before you in humility just as you require of me. And secondly, would you take time and declare who he is and who you are in the relationship. Just speak it out. There's something about speaking it out. There's something about speaking it out. May the Lord bless each and every one of you. May his face shine upon you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, your word speaks to us, Lord, in some of the most tangible and practical ways. God, we understand how you want to strengthen and encourage your church. God, how in this journey, we're trying to walk it out, Lord. And you say, this is what I require of you. You are my creation. You are my child. You are my servants. But this is what I require of you. Would you act justly? Would you love mercy? And would you walk humbly with me? the Lord wants us to do that in that way. And pride is what wants to get in that way. And I just pray right now, God, that you would begin to reveal, Lord, maybe those areas that might have been hindering us. Would you strengthen your church? Would you help us, God, to be great disciples of you that seek your face, that love you, that choose you above everything else? And would we hold this relationship? God, would it be one of the most beautiful things in our life? Would we hold it with great care and admiration? You are worthy of all praise. Father, in that same way, maybe there's somebody here today that needs to get right with you, Lord. Maybe the truth is they haven't been living right, haven't been walking right, Just, it just hasn't happened. I just want to encourage you today. Today could be the best day of your life. You make a decision to say, God, I want to get right with you because I. the truth is... I know I can't hide anything from you. The truth is, God, that hasn't been me. And maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, or maybe you need to choose him for the very first time. And if that is you, I want you to just boldly, just quickly, put put your hand up and then down. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. And thank you. Anybody else? God's love, God's mercy, God's grace is, is unparalleled, it's unmatched. Would you just pray with me, Father, forgive me for the wrong things I've done. I declare you to be my Savior, my Lord, and I recognize that I need you, and I don't want to live that way anymore. I want you in my life. Father, I pray your blessing. God, or everyone who's prayed that today, would they receive the gift of eternal life? Would they begin to walk something with you that is so precious, so beautiful and becomes their most protected thing? Pour into them, Father. May they feel your love and your presence always. God, you are good and faithful and we thank you for this day. And may it forever be remembered. We love you, Heavenly Father. And we give you glory. And in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.